johnsyndicate.com. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Direct from the Vegas Strip. Are you looking to access the most powerful betting syndicate information directly from the Vegas Wise Guys? The same games that players walk into the casinos and move 5, 10, 20 dimes a game on week in and week out. Learn the secrets of the most powerful betting sources directly from our office to your ears. All you have to do to walk with that air of confidence is pick up the phone and don't stall. Make the call. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Call now. Call free for your access password at johnsyndicate.com. That's www.johnsyndicate.com. Call now. Call free. We are back with another edition of Sports Insider Radio. It's hard to believe I've been doing this so long. You know, I started this in another decade, and now I'm going into another decade, Mike. I still can't get over. This is the last show that I'll be in my 40s. This is the last show next week, February 1st. It will be the first day of 50. I'll be on the air. And I started doing this when I was 35, Mike. I say it on my YouTube videos all the time. People call me and they literally ask me, we're not going to talk about games from the beginning of the show. We're going to talk about stories. And and people call me and they literally say, I have been with you since you're 20. I've watched guys have kids get married, send their kids to college, and they still literally call me every single day, text me every single day. How many people, Mike, do you really believe in any industry have that type of tenure? Well, I mean, not many. Uh, it's su- very surprising. I guess if you own your own business and, you know, you're doing flooring and you're doing, um, you know, you, you have any like a dry cleaner that something like that, that just sticks around because it's evergreen. Well, this business is also evergreen because the cool part about what we do is it's only evolving. It's, it's only getting bigger. I mean, coming from where I came from 10 plus years ago when I met you, you know, how much I've learned and I continue to learn because the, the interesting part about this business is it's similar to crypto. It's similar to day trading stocks. And when you're really dialed in and you start to understand that there is different ways that you can manipulate the market. There's different ways for you to get the right price. There's different ways to look at the actual games and you take away the I'm betting for entertainment element, which unfortunately most gamblers are in. Um, The cool part about it is you could always be better. You could always adjust and from a gambling standpoint, now that, you know, in Maryland, and it's been legal now for a few months since uh, Christmas, it went live. Not even two months, man, it's, it's only been about a month. But um, the interesting part is every person that is a buddy of mine locally that is not treating it like a business 
they're doing the five-team parlays, and it's not the old-school five-team parlays. I mean, how about the FedEx guy? How about the FedEx guy? Right. Listen, for everybody that wants to listen, for everybody that's listening, we got just a little FedEx interruption. They're not sponsoring the show. So Mike is addicted to Amazon. He is the easiest sell of one of the greatest salesmen and, and, and educators on the planet, also the easiest guy to get sold. Literally every ad that comes across his Facebook or Instagram feed, if it's regarding golf, he clicks the link. So the FedEx guy knows him on a first-name basis. He's very intimate relationship. Five times a day, he runs back and forth. It's like an Amazon Depot center here. Every time the guy walks in, he talks about he had a nine-teamer, and he had eight games, and he had a six-teamer, and he had nine games. I mean, it's just like, so normally the guy with normal FedEx, if you people are listening, they drop the box off, they walk out. I'm not trying to be rude to the FedEx guy. I like the FedEx guy, but Mike, do I got to hear a parlay story for 25 minutes every time the guy brings a package? Go ahead. Continue. Well, he does, like I said, the five, it's, it's the five leg parlay with props. So it's, you know, it's. Jalen Hurts mm. over rushing it's yards. Five dollar to win seventy two thousand all no, over Twitter. No, it's not. It's not. It's anything. You could you could literally take odds on anything. Whether you know uh, the Eagles running back committee gets a touchdown throughout the game. Whether you know AJ AJ Brown gets over seventy five yards, and then you have to hit all five. And every single time that I talk to or I watch the game with friends. They always tell me the same dilemma. Man, if Zeke Elliott could have gotten three more yards. It's it's no longer the game's outcome. They're strictly looking at individual players, and they really don't care about who wins the game. They just care about those particular players going over or under the props totals. So I think it's fascinating. It's definitely making it more exciting. I think the viewership has definitely gone up. I, I, I do believe... With the legalization, the reason why all these teams and and sports and you know basically the NBA, the NHL, every major sport is now accepting of this because originally we were like, well, what do you mean, you guys? You know, everything from the '80s to the '90s, they were saying certain games were getting fixed. The the refs were involved. So in my eyes, I'm like, well, why would professional sports, you know? validate sports gambling. Well, in reality, I was wrong. That's not what they were looking for in terms of just the winner of the game. They realized that now people are going to watch the games for players to make them money. Players, not the game's outcome, but actual players in the game hitting their five-leg, six-leg parlay. So just it gives more viewership, more people watch games kind of like fantasy football has been for a while but if you're not a fantasy football manager and you're just a guy like our FedEx guy that comes in and tells us that he's always on the losing side of the five team parlay and he's giving me sob stories and it's no longer hey there was a bad beat and they covered with a field goal it's man Tony Pollard got hurt I can't believe it had he not got hurt he would have definitely got over the yardage total and I would have definitely hit my parlay which would have paid you know an astronomical amount so it's definitely a different perspective that i'm used to um i think it's a little bit harder from well, our let, end. let me let me say let me just interrupt so let me give you a funny story you know you know that there's not many dinosaurs in this business and you know some people say that's really cool 
that you've been doing it for 35 years. Some people say that's really depressing, man. You, Because I know people that are my age, 50 years old, you know, going to be that have had like seven jobs, eight jobs. Even you, you came from the mortgage industry. You've done you're 10 years into this, obviously. And, uh, you know, there's a obviously we're five minutes from Pimlico Racetrack. Um, we're we're in horse country. And it was funny because when you talk about the parlays, you know, I have certain times of the year where I do the horses. Obviously, Brian, rest in peace, the original uh, announcer of the show, it was a horse fanatic. And uh, we sold his horse racing selections to clients that wanted Brian Blessing's horse racing selections. But I got my, you know, my we got our private guy, Chris, in Baltimore. He He's a horse guy, right? And it was funny because he texted me this morning because we were texting about some other just friendly stuff. I've known him for 20 years. He texted me literally by accident to the wrong person, his race card for his racing clients. And literally it was Gulfstream, race, 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 straight bets, trifectas, exact as win places and shows. And what I would say is what's interesting is with the sports betting with this kind of like you can bet on everything in sports. If you're a horse better, you've been listening to that. You've been you've been betting exotics, knowing that you're going to lose ninety five, maybe ninety nine percent of your races, and then you're going to win the one race, and it's going to make up for all the losses. And I would almost make the comparison of horse racing, like we had Don Johnson on a few weeks ago, who runs one of the largest horse racing syndicates in the United States and in the UK. You know those horse racing. Uh, betters are used to that parlay guide. They would actually be more successful on the parlay side of the betting because think about it. The parlaying of sports bets is no different than trying to recreate a horse race in terms of risking a little in order to win a lot, right? Right. And it's a completely different mentality. Most of his clients that he deals with are geriatric, probably. And again, I can't say I'm I'm no young spring chicken, but, you know, 70, my dad's age, my dad's 84, 70, 75, 80, 84. I mean, come on, Mike, let's, let's get real. Me and you, we've gone to the Pimlico racetrack thousands of times together. It's depressing. We can agree it's depressing. Well, yeah, it's, it's not depressing during Preakness week, but every other time walking in there, it's, it's depressing. If depressing. I get off the radio right now and I go to bet his golf stream picks, it's depressing. Right. Well, you don't have to do that. Well, that's we know that, that that's not the point, but that's not the point. I'm just making the point that, you know, it, it, when you, when you look at States that had an absence of horse racing culture, it was, I think it's a bigger deal than in the state of Maryland, but obviously we're on the air live in Nevada, which never actually had their own horse racing. Obviously, the heat alone, it's not going to happen. Um, they had the sport, the horse and, you know, the race and sports books. As Brian Blessing used to like to say all the time, it's the race and sports books, not the sports books. Um, and so, you know, w- what I would say is if, if we have the other podcast that Dave has been doing, um, that I listened to yesterday, Avoid the Trap, right? And it, and we were talking about it off air. It's a it's a podcast, obviously. It's not a live radio show. And like I tell people is that, you know, if you want to get down to the nitty-gritty of surgical sports betting, um, that's a good podcast to listen to. It will open your mind to the arbitrage. But as I explained to Dave and certain clients that are listening that have already texted me uh, while we're on the air, no, you know, it's for 1% of the population. The average guy, like I did a YouTube video on my YouTube channel, uh, you know, youtube.com, the syndicate insider for all you guys listening. 
I, I, I like to recount conversations and stories and leave the people anonymous. Client calls up here yesterday, and just, just to show you the mentality, Mike, you weren't here yesterday because you were busy. with you. You'll tell everybody about your new toy you got uh, on the golf course. Uh, the guy had $400 in his account, started wagering on January 1st because sports wagering became legal in the state of Ohio. And he said, oh, I love sports, but I realize this is not working out too well. And I said, well, what's your investment? What's your seed capital? I put $5 in two different accounts to get 200 So this guy's literally started with $10. He has really no financial assets to that he can deploy as his arsenal. And so, like I tell people, it, like I said on the video yesterday, it's very easy to win if you have a lot of money already and you're able to edge bet like Dave does. And it's very easy to win if you have a, a little bit amount of money, but you can stay disciplined, risking a small percentage of your bankroll. Last week, everybody was freaking out in the beginning of the week, Mike. Why? Because the people that followed Dave on his Telegram channel had lost. At the end of the week, he was dead even. Correct? He didn't make any money. Mm -hmm. He didn't lose correct. any money. I'm looking at the record keeping dead even this week. He's lost Monday. He's lost Tuesday. I always tell people you get these unrealistic ex expectations. So for the listeners out there, a lot of this is to avoid you making the mistakes of the hot of the salacious marketing that I don't take part in, which is you're not going to go 80 percent. You're not going to go 70 percent. You're not going to go 90 percent. There is no game of the year. There is no game of those. I used to, you know, for years with Brian on the show, I used to try to take a very uh, proactive approach of not talking about the industry as a whole. But what I realized with the podcast yesterday, they've done three, Dave's done three podcasts. It's not a podcast of information and learning. It's a podcast of stories. It's a behind the scenes. So we can do a little of that here on the radio, the behind the scenes. Look, I worked in the Don Best offices in Las Vegas for 10 years with Brian. I I am the reason why Kenny White sells sports selections because when I met Kenny White, I walked into his office as the head line maker and 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 uh, and uh, betting manager at Don Best. He didn't. He said nobody would want to hear what I have to say. I said, Kenny, trust me on this. Everybody wants to hear what you have to say. Kenny was a part of security at Don Best, Mike where he was the one that actually exposed some point shaving scandals back in the day. It was almost like the uh, he could look at tape and he could tell when things were looking fishy. And he uncovered that. He wasn't involved with the Tim Donahue scandal with the NBA, but he was involved with the Arizona State scandal. And like what I tell people is I go so far and so deep with most of these guys that really realized that they did not realize that they could monetize their information because they were used to selling it to companies that would resell the product. And so like what I say to people is that, you know, when you go and you go online to Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, you are going to be bombarded with pick sellers and you're going to also be bombarded with results after the fact on Twitter. What I usually tell people, Mike, is that the biggest thing that I see in, in the world of sports wagering is the newbie is sucked into people like Marco Pamonte bragging about the parlay after the fact, past posting. Okay. Well, you're not showing the thousand parlays you bet that didn't hit. And now you're going to show a $5 parlay 
Uh, like, for instance, give you an example, Mike. I don't know if you saw the video of the guy that won the $72,000 on that touchdown on Sunday. He made a $5 bet at one of the legal sports books. $5. He had to pick each each player that was going to score the first touchdown correctly in one of those. On, in, on the, and he literally had the last player. They're at the goal line. The guy runs it in, and he's being recorded. Now, the question that I have for you is, you almost wonder how, why would he even be being recorded as the play comes in? So they must have been recording him every touchdown. And as they clicked one off, they had the tape. And it's almost like an infomercial to get people hyped. Oh, I can open an account with $5 and I can make 72000 You and I both know the odds of that guy having that 72000 in like three weeks is nil to nil. I remember when a guy drove from Michigan to Las Vegas and put his life savings on Tiger you remember when he came back to win the championship and we were sitting here and mm-hmm. Tiger and I was saying, yep. we should live bet Tiger. And what was it? He was like plus 1,200 and then it went down to like 500 and then it went down to yeah. minus 200. But do you remember yeah, which 2019 event that was? 2019 Masters. 2019 Masters. Yep. So after the fact, the guy's bragging that he made a million dollars on Tiger. You haven't heard, you haven't heard a word from him since. You know, listen, 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 listen. The gasoline in the engine of sports betting is the funds you have to wager. If you're a horse better like my good friend Chris, you know you're going to lose 99% of your bets. Brian knew he was going to lose 99% of his bets. If you're a golf better like Micah, you know you're going to lose 99.99% of your bets. When you win, you're going to make the score. But if you run out, I had a client this morning in Canada. He texts me. He was upset that one of the games he had last night lost. I said, do you expect to win every game? And let's talk about my 80-20 system. Syracuse yesterday, plus four and a half. I say, does the half point matter? When we talk about CLV and closing line value, guys, you have to understand people in this industry, people for the most part, and I'm not calling the, the clients and the gamblers lazy, Mike, but we can agree that when you get into the professional betting side of this, it's all about work, right? I can't mm-hmm. release games at 9 in the morning that are at 9 at night. I released that game at 8.07 yesterday. If you go to my Instagram and you go to my TikTok, I literally said screen watching. You could see the thing, and I tagged you in it. You could see the thing lighting up like a Christmas tree. All of a sudden, I see the line goes from 5, boom, to 4.5, to 4, and then boom, back up to four and a half, and I grab the four and a half, I have my reasons and why, and they lose by four. Those half points are the difference between winning and losing on the CLV, whether it's at post or whether it's really early in the week when you're talking about betting football on Tuesday. For people that talk, that understand overnight betting, it's not for 99% of the people, unless you're a guy like our good friend Dave in Tampa Bay, who literally has the alarm clock set when the games come out, he wakes up, he puts the bets in and he goes back to sleep. You're not even going to do that, Mike. Well, it's it's uh, it's fascinating to hear you do that nowadays versus ten years ago. It was, you know, the Brian Blessing philosophy of eyeball watching, where and he was, he but he was good. Monitor- but you know, you you yeah, he was. I'm just saying, it just yeah, yeah. it's just different technology. The uh, the the Don Bress best screens were always around, but now you're getting now we're so look in the beginning we were students of the game. I still consider myself a student, 
but I feel like now we're experts and we know every out and what we need to do for the work to be solid. Because like David Miller always told me and taught me, as long as we're closing good, the variance is always a part of it. The the public is always going to have wins, no matter what the actual closing line value we're getting on the game. But over a large enough sample size, if we're constantly closing good, we're going to make money. Even on losses, Dave will tell you, if he closed good, he's still happy with his work. So He's not even happy when he wins if he closes bad. Right, which is unique because anybody would say, you're crazy, you won the game. But if he's closing bad, he gets upset because something he needs to adjust and make, you know, adjustments to his work. So with college basketball, I do believe getting overnight lines, which Dave is an expert with. I mean, we get a text usually right around midnight the night before. Hey, guys, I'm finishing up the work. Think about it. He is working late at night because he's running it as a business. He's not waiting until he gets off work today. Well, let, let me putting- let, let's 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 back up. This is what I tell people. Dave is a professional gambler. Dave makes ninety eight percent of his income from wagering on his own games. Dave is working not for us. He doesn't care about. It. I mean, like I said, let's let's keep it real. We have the distinct ability that. We deal with professional bettors that move their own money, Billy Walters-esque-like. We're not dealing with handicappers. There, And again, this is no disrespect to the industry. Like I said, you know, I come from the world of being born in Baltimore, Maryland, working for Larry Ducart, who passed away in 2006, who every game he put out, he bet on. I come from the world of people that sell their, uh, don't sell their opinion. They sell their bets that they're actually making so when the client complains to the guy that's putting out the bets, it's a joke because the guy that's giving out the bets is mi- losing way more money on his own bets on a losing night than any amount of money that the client would be. So Dave is doing the work for himself. And then Dave is basically, he enjoys helping the public. He enjoys having at an arm's length, allowing us to be the middleman between him and and, and the people out there, it doesn't affect him because he's getting his money down first. And then we're, we're making him a little, let's be real, Mike, a little extra revenue at the end of the year. And the guy makes, well, it's, you know, to him, it's, he wanted to. It's not, not like the only... capper that doesn't bet, you know, not to interrupt no, you because no, I'm on no. a roll here. But uh, this is one of the nonsense. And I, uh, we're, since we are not on a podcast, we're on the airwaves. I won't use any profanity. But this is one of the things that, you know, one of the things in the last 20 years that always made me laugh. The whole two for the money, Al Pacino, Matthew McConaughey type script that sports handicapping services would take, which is I pick really good winners when I don't have my own money on the line. And for whatever reason, when I bet my own money, I lose. So therefore, I'd rather just sell my picks than bet my picks. And I would just say in a nice way, that's hogwash. If the guy is not putting his own money down on the games that he's releasing, you shouldn't be playing them. And I will, I, you will never get me to change that. Go ahead, Mike. Well, it's, that's a very valid point. And, you know, I do believe with our name recognition, our popularity, our constant, I mean, we keep clients for years because they just, they love 
the transparency that they get from us. They love the fact that, you know, we're real people. Like a lot of my clients, they FaceTime me and they're like, I've dealt with advisors, call them in the past. And those guys would never FaceTime like, because I'm a real person, you know, or my Instagram channel. The best is when I used to fly to Vegas, when I used to fly to Vegas every other week to do the radio show in person with Brian and I would meet a client in the casino and he would look at me and goes, you really are the same guy on the YouTube video. Shocking. (laughs) Right. A little shorter than what I looked at. Yeah. Right. That's it. Five, five and a half on a good day. Go ahead. (laughs) Right. But, um, you know, the, the hardest part for us, and I mean, you could validate this. And, and Dave could value. I mean, I've been shut off from 15 books this year, 15 books. I mean, just understand that I've had books call me and they go, I know you're sharp lines. I don't want sharp business. I don't want sharp. And you mean, you mean the VIP desk of the legal sports wagering books. You mean the legal books, like the legal ones traded on the stock market, you know, the fact that these market millions of dollars and they're going to call you up from the VIP. First, they want to offer you a room, free play at their golf course, because, you know, my birthday's next Tuesday. So, you know, I'm getting smashed with I'm not going to name the name of the legal companies. This legal come spit, spend a night, three nights, come free tea time, free this, free that, because they already have it in the system, your birthday, when you fill out your player's card. So, you know, my whole thing is that the fact that these guys shut us off, the VIP well, they don't, guy. They don't want sharp action. They don't want sharp. They want recreational losers. Right. They, they make it very, very clear they don't want shark action. If you're constantly beating the number over and over and over again, and they follow it, and their algorithm catches it, we're like, this guy's beating the number almost all the time. How is he being, you know, so they, they track the betting pattern. And no matter what, they don't want sharp action, which is fascinating to me because at the end of the day, the old school mentality with all these sports books was, okay, they're just trying to get that 10% edge. They want to have, make sure that they level out their action on both sides, but it's not the case. Maybe it is the case in person. I don't know that for a fact. Um, I'm just making an assumption, but with these online books, what do they constantly do? They reroute and they cut they do it with a comeback you'll put in a large wager and they'll come back and they'll you know come back with a lower amount like at what point is it going to be fair well basically dave going said, to be fair you didn't listen to the podcast yesterday like dave said they're cutting off a lot of negative ev losing betters and they're losing that client for life because they're not that smart ahead of the game Literally, they're taking, they're doing the opposite of what a a professional better would do. The bookmaker is acting like a degenerate gambler. And what I mean, listen to clients very carefully. You might have to play this back as we archive it after the radio show. The bookmaker is acting like a degenerate gambler worrying about short-term results. So here you have a guy that's a long-term loser, we'll call him Louie. He has a good week. He beats the number. There's no consistency. Seven days, three days, four days. He cuts the guy off. He doesn't realize the guy's a dead loser. Negative EV just happened to be on a good little short streak. They cut him off and they lose that losing revenue for life. He travels and he goes somewhere else to another book. 
And so the thing is, it's it's a it's not that they're cutting off winning betters, Mike. It's that they're cutting off anybody on a short term winning streak without proof of being a long term net positive EV better. And that's the difference. If they had an actual track record and they said, we're going to give everybody a full football season. If you beat us, we're done. You're done for next football season. I get it. But what basically Dave was explaining to the guy Ant yesterday on the podcast was that's actually not what's happening. What's really happening is that the sports books are acting like the clients that call up here and say, give me a free winner. And if it wins, I'll pay you tomorrow. So you go into the sports book, you beat the steam by one, you beat steam on one game. They don't care. They just figure they have an an unending source of new clients to fill that void in that spot. The reality is long-term, 10 years down the line, they're leaving so much money on the table because that guy was never sharp. He might have bought a service, we're not going to mention the name, where the guy goes on YouTube and screen bets and all the lines move. And they might have bought that guy's service for a week, paying $40 a game, and then they the guy beats the steam because he's following them, and then the, and the guy has a good day, and then they go, oh, he's sharp. When he's not sharp, he's buying a service. Go ahead, Mike. But let me ask you this. I mean, and you, and I'm not that well-versed in the financial markets. Do they ever do that if they're constantly catching a day trader beating the price? You can't beat the price. That's the beautiful thing about the market. So the, the, if you're a futures trader – or you're a commodities trader, you you can only you either can trade options where you're doing uh, weekly options, monthly options, or quarterly options, or what we call leap leaps, leap options. Um, so it's really it's it's not an it's not a, a it just doesn't happen in the financial markets because first of all there's it's there's two sided trade there's liquidity you never have to worry about somebody being on the other side of the trade it's a market you buy you sell you buy you sell plus. You got to remember in this in the in the stock market in the commodities market the broker makes money on the buy and the sell in the sports betting market remember the vig stuff and again they will say this it sounds square the vig only matters when you lose you are make paying zero commission to place a wager when you lay the vig it is an iou to the bookmaker you are not spending that money. You are saying, if I want to win $100, I am making a promissory note that I will pay you $110 for the right to win $100. If I win, I get back my $110 plus $100, I get $210. Therefore, what was your commission on the winning wager? It was There was none. It was zero. So what happens is that the sports books only make money when the person loses, they can't make money when the person wins. A commodities broker makes money when they win or they lose because they got to pay to buy. They got to pay to sell. All this nonsense, Mike, about stock trades being free. Everybody knows there's zero commission stock trades. And just since you asked, I'll pontificate on that. That is not what professional traders don't trade stocks. Professional traders trade futures and options. And they will never get away with the option fees, and they will never get away with the futures fees. I've seen guys literally make a million dollars trading futures and spend eight hundred thousand in commission. Well, I mean that very good answer. Um, I actually learned something from that. So, you know, if 
Obviously, this is not just a sports trading show. Now we could do a little bit of a financial talk as well. But I did just get a text. Looks like uh, David Miller will not be coming on the show today, which is okay. We'll definitely go over that Avoid the Trap podcast on the next week's show. Not a big deal. Um, Let's go into the big NFL weekend. I know there's been a lot of financial talk early on, but from I did tell a couple clients that definitely tune in. There's going to be some free nuggets in here. Well, let, well let's talk about my underdog system first of all. You're the one that keeps track. How many? How many? How many? Um, how many units am I up on my underdog system? I'm not even looking. I have. To, it's been. I got to update it. I think it should be updated from last night. Let me see the tracking software. Um, one second. It, you're going to be fascinated with the actual average pick, which is it's pretty cool. This this is something that most clients can't wrap their heads around of. So you've had 247 total plays, and every game is a double play. It's a money line play and a spread play. The average pick odds is plus 326, obviously. So every single play, you're averaging three to one on the money line that you're taking on that small risk. Your record is 105, 141, and 1, which means you're hitting at a 42% rate, and the units gained is 174. So you're hitting 42%, but because you're identifying the money line and the dog spread, and when the money line hits, you're getting that extra 3-to-1 average over the course of basically 122 actual games, but each game is a double play. It's a money line and spread. So we're looking at 174 units since the inception when we started this a few months ago when college basketball started. Right. And what I, what I told somebody yesterday, um, but that especially the newbies, the new legal betters, right? Well, I call the new legal betters, not the people that, you know, have been playing for years and years and years is, Understand that, again, we're just talking about spread, not money line, that in all sports, the dogs win a little over 50% of the time at the end of the season. So, therefore, you're already in a negative position if you're only hunting for favorites. So, like, for instance, right now, just to give you an example, if you've played every college basketball game as an underdog this season, you are you are seventeen hundred and thirteen covers, sixteen hundred and forty three losses, and forty and excuse me sixty three pushes on the closing number. That's exactly fifty one percent. So therefore, you now know. Now, where does this? What makes you the money? Is you're not going to bet every game every night as an underdog, and you're not going to be able to overcome the vig because you're eleven to ten. But what most people don't realize is of the 1,713 underdogs that have covered, approximately 40% of that uncovering underdogs, the money they went out on the run, on the money line. So what we're doing is we're looking for certain opportunities where the dog has an ability to not only win but cover. We're not take where our system and our software is analyzing these opportunities where basically the wrong team is favored. And at the minimum, you should cover. And if you lose, you're going to lose the money line and still make that 0.6 of a unit like I did last night. But 
what most people do, especially new betters, is it's the better teams, the better players. And how ironic is it, Mike, that here we are in the conference uh, championships and the two worst quarterbacks to bet on last this season was Brady and Mahomes. So can you imagine you're a new better? You just open up your blah, blah, blah account. And you say, Tom Brady's the man. Mahomes is the man. You literally can't win a game. One guy's four and 16 or whatever it was. I mean, listen, Tampa covered four games. Brady, uh, Mahomes covered five games. Whoop-de-wop-wop. So literally, they're useless. So this is why when I say in the beginning of a baseball season, the team's favorite to win the World Series, and I, I, I can, we're going to keep track like we did last year, you just you bet against those teams. They're negative even. You're not going to make money on the Dodgers. You're not going to make money on the Astros. The bad teams are the ones where you make the money. The good teams are the ones where you lose the money. And I think fundamentally the, the, the newbie, virgin better, call them what it is, doesn't understand that the better team doesn't mean they're going to make more money. So that's why there's such a high value when it comes to underdogs. We're at 51% right now on all dogs being played covering against the spread this season. And then just for, and then we'll go into the NFL playoffs and break each game down. We are right now 51.8% of in the NBA. If you bet every dog in the NBA, you're almost at 52%. 364 dogs have covered, 339 dogs have lost, 16 games have closed on the number. So once again, you're not going to find the favorites ever being over 50%. So for that newbie listening, realize that if there's a minus next to the line, you're already at a disadvantage. If there's a minus, I'm not saying that like Dave bets favorites, uh, Mike bets favorites. I do not, but uh, for the most part, but the, but I follow along and I take those guys plays, but I personally would not play a favorite. You couldn't pay me to play a favorite in any sport. Cause I know long-term it's not going to be profitable for all the listeners that are texting me. and want to know the NFL season to date dogs are 55.1%, 150 underdogs covered Mike, 122 dogs didn't cover and nine games closed on the closing number. So now I've given you NFL, I've given you NBA, I've given you NCAA basketball, 51%, 52%, 55% dogs covering outright. And now we will go to NCAA football, which is over. And let's see if we can keep the trend alive. 52.3%. If you bet every dog in college football, you were 461 421 and four. Who's going to tell me the dog side isn't the right side, Mike? Did I give you enough data? Yeah, for sure. Now that now that we're at the last last little 15 minutes of the show, um, I promised uh, a lot of the clients on Instagram that have not been subscribers that I'm going to give out both the NFL mm-hmm. games. And I'm going to do a full breakdown. So I, that this was the reason. I'm, for I'm getting my pen. in. Yep, they're tuning in. So this this is for that. So I'm going to do a full breakdown. Hey, Mike, I, will you do me a uh, favor? Can I just can we yeah. role play here on the radio? I'm going to be the client. You're my advisor. No role play. We're just there's no advisor. Man, just give me just the two winners. The if I hit the 14 parlay, no, no, I promise no, I'll no, join no, on Monday. No, no, I promise no. I'll join on Monday. 
No, I don't no, want a no. one. This I don't want a two teamer. I want a four teamer. The side and no total commitment. in both games. This is this is it. So first game, <laughs> the first game of the two, the NFC Championship. We have Philadelphia Eagles at home versus the San Francisco 49ers. So before I actually give the game, I'm going to do a full breakdown, like I promised. Jalen Hurts, fantastic game last week. Everybody was questioning the shoulder. Everybody was questioning the rust from having a week off. None of that mattered. They rolled the Giants. I'll be honest, I was on the other side with Dave. Thought the third game of the division slate, uh, where they played twice each year, would be different. We were completely wrong. We were wrong on that side, period. But from that game, they're not going to lose this game. You could take Eagles at two and a half right now. It opened up at three and a half, so you're getting that key number under the magic number three. Everybody has a lot of hope. I think San Mike, Francisco is it a lock? has a Mike, is it a lock? Can I mortgage my house on no, it, please? No, I'm the client. No, 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 no. No locks. Again, this is just breakdown <laughs> and the selection that will be posted as well on Telegram. San Francisco, rookie quarterback, Mr. Irrelevant, which happens to be Brady. So everybody's thinking he's the new Brady because he's, you know, he's winning all these games. He hasn't lost as a starter. Again, at home versus the Cowboys, much different ball game than flying across the country and playing in one of the toughest environments, not only in the regular season, but obviously in an NFC championship game. They have the defense. They have the weapons, but I just don't think that Purdy has seen the type of defense that is just as athletic as the Cowboys, just as they can bring pressure with just four guys like the Cowboys. It's a very similar style defense, but they're better. They went all in on the free agents last year, and it shows their offense is better. Their quarterback is better. And what we saw last week was just a fairly close game. But again, that was San Fran at home. This is a much different animal on the road. I just don't think he's going to be up for it. It's going to be a much tougher place to be able to run the ball on the Eagles. And I think they're going to have to keep the Eagles at least under 20 points for them to even have a shot. Just don't see that at all. Love Philly at two and a half. Second game. Well, let me let me just get let me just because I'm looking at the DB screen. So just so you for the listeners, seventy eight percent of all tickets are coming in on Philly, which just doesn't mean it's public. It's just right now it is an extremely high number. Also, I just wanted to just share with you, Mike, and because uh, I can that would be that would show. mean a reverse line movement because the line's well, going let, down. But I just said seventy eight percent of all tickets are on Philly, but. What I will let everybody know is that Philly is 9-9 and ATS, while San Francisco is 13-6 and ATS. We're talking about money line versus spread. So I'm going to push you a little on this game. We've got about 11 minutes again. Philly, has, is, Philly is just like Kansas City and just like all the other good teams. They can win, but they don't cover so the question is: Is well, if you're you worried like about two and a half points, then not cover. You like- if you're worried about two and a half points in an NFC title game, it is, this game is going to be simple. It's either going to be a blowout 
where San Fran wins outright. The two and a half won't matter. If you want to take them on the money line, make sure you're getting the best price. Right now, it's it's at 145. Obviously, if you could see the line going down even further, because I do believe there's going to be a lot of sharp money, unfortunately, because of the price. If they see three, they're going to bang it on the other side. So, right. At the end of the day, again, this is just coming from me. Uh, I'm extremely, this is my niche. I'm extremely good at NFL. Uh, Dave and myself partnered up for the entire season where he gave a majority of the selections. I gave the other half of the selections, and we finished at 60% for the NFL season with giving out our selections. That is my sport that I do a deep dive on. And I don't try to do anything else. I don't sit here and try to be an expert with anything else. So moving on, the final game of the regular season before the Super Bowl, including the playoffs, we have the Kansas City Chiefs against the Cincinnati Bengals. So Kansas City right now is a dog. Kansas City opened up as a favorite. Mahomes can't even believe that he may even play this week. It's a four-week injury, a high ankle sprain. If they actually had, if the Bills won and they had to fly to Atlanta because it would have been a neutral field game like the NFL decided because of the game cancellation toward the end of the season, they said Mahomes wouldn't be able to get on a plane because if he gets on a plane and he's in the air, the inflammation happens, and that's they said he wouldn't have been able to fly. So surprisingly, look, he had adrenaline. He came back in. He was hobbling, playing Jacksonville. Jacksonville, as one of our partners here in the office, loves them in the Super Bowl next year. They had put up a really good fight, but at the end of the day, Jacksonville is just not quite there yet. The Bengals are humming. The Bengals been the best team from the second quarter of the season on. They have finally an offensive line that can protect enough. Joe Burrow seems to be seeing everything two to three seconds ahead of and slowing down the game than anybody else in the game right now. He's got the receivers. He's got the running backs. I just don't think Kansas City's defense is that good. You give Mahomes a healthy two legs where he could actually create because part of his game, John is not just, he's not a pocket passer, even though he's an extremely good passer, he needs to move around to create. He needs to move around and throw those side sidearm plays, his flicks, his creativity. If he doesn't have that in his repertoire, if he doesn't have that in his arsenal, it's he's basically playing handicap and, Without Tyreek Hill, without him having being 100%, I just I don't see it at all. I think the line, as we get closer to game time, because they haven't really given any injury report, I think they're doing that for a reason. They don't want to spook the public. But I would bang the Bengals right now. You could get them at basically, I would get them on the money line. There's no point of even laying the point. Minus 120. I believe this line is going to go up to three. By game time, as we get closer and they realize that Mahomes, there's no way he's going to be able to compete. I mean, it's to me, the matchup is primed for an Eagles-Bengals Super Bowl. 
Don't know how many people predicted it in the early on in the season, but that's my prediction for the matchups. So easy money. Not saying again. Don't over risk more than two to three so percent of your bankroll per play. So with both Cincinnati, with both plays, Philadelphia, take it to the bank. I'm going to be a devil's advocate here. With both plays, you're on the public ticket side. Seventy four percent of all the money is on Cincinnati, and a lot of that has to do with the worst team beside Tampa Bay against the spread was and is the Kansas City Chiefs. They win. They don't cover five twelve and one ATS. While um, the best team against the spread, except beside the Giants, was the Bengals, as they are four, 13 4 and 1 ATS. So, does it give you any pause that you're on the public side? You know, the no. chalk favorites of both sides. No, not on this game. Last okay. week I was over so with now, the Jaguars. We were good there. We covered late. Love San Francisco. We were good there. Dave was all over the Bengals. I mean, we had, like I said, we hit three out of four over the weekend. But it's, Again, it's two games. They don't have any more emphasis than the NBA we're playing on Sunday. No more more emphasis than the college basketball we're playing on Sunday. No more emphasis than the 80s. I got a text. I got a text. I got a text from Don Don H in 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 Texas. He says it probably won't matter, but dot dot dot. Mahomes is the number two stationary pocket passer in the league this season. When you say stationary stationary as in he's not running like Jalen Hurts, like Kyler Murray, like Lamar Jackson, but his creativity comes from rolling outside the pocket and just seeing those mismatches because the the coverage can't cover Man, more than five to seven seconds. We're get, we got another one. Cal just sent a text. He said, I hate Burrow, a.k.a. Joe Smug. Mike is probably right, and if so, I hope the Eagles kill the Bengals. <laughs> well, Cal, I don't, I don't blame you. Um, I personally, uh, look, me coming from a Baltimore Ravens nut, you know, fandom where I'm a complete nut for the Ravens and the Bengals are in my division. I'm, I just, I love Burrow. I love his poise. He doesn't have all the athletic gifts like all these other quarterbacks do. And he's just, he sees the game better than most, similar to a Brady. Brady never had the athletic gifts that he was born with where he had a fast 40-yard dash. And, you know, uh, any his numbers didn't stand out in terms of arm strength, but he is a leader. And when it's the fourth quarter and he gets sacked and he's down seven and it's third down, he is the guy that just looks cool, that is just not in distress. And in the NFL, you need that leadership at the quarterback position, and then the rest of the teammates feed from it. So he's that guy, and I, I hate to say it because I'm, you know, I have to. We have to face him for the next decade plus. He is just cool as a cucumber. I mean, the guy literally was in college, was a nobody, went transferred to LSU, had one of the best college seasons ever. Came into the league as a number one pick, got hurt in his rookie season, and since then, all he does is win big games. I mean, it's I got to give the guy credit. I mean, he's, he's your guys are gonna. I'm telling you for the next. Any any pay any pays the betters. Not only does he win big games, they cover versus Kansas City winning big games. And, and he's a big uh, he's a big cigar smoker. He's a big Cohiba cigar smoker. After each so let me 
he, when they won the division and when they won the the national title game, he's smoking Espendidos. So let me ask you a question. We got we got like four minutes left. Two hundred percent. Two hundred percent. Tell me about two hundred percent. Since you're a Baltimore Raven nut, what I, what do you think happens? Are we talking about Lamar on that week one of NFL next year? Season? Yeah, exactly. Well, we got three minutes. I'm going to give you a little Ravens update because I feel like I'm making Ravens fans all the time by listening to the show. Right now, with Roman being fired, well, he stepped down, but the Roman was fired. My New Year's resolution has come true. Greg Roman is gone. No wide receiver diva would ever want to come to Baltimore because on Greg Roman's offense, the running backs, the fullbacks, and the tight ends get to eat. The receivers do not. That's why we lose receivers. Nobody wants to come here. Nobody wants to sign a big contract and not get the ball. Now that he's gone, all of a sudden we're hearing Hopkins from Arizona, a possibility. Brandon Cooks, a possibility. I mean, now you're starting to get to see if Lamar comes back, there's Big-time receivers that want to want to play with Lamar on an offense that's not going to be catered around running the ball and having your fullback as your tight end in many passing situations. So I'm excited for the defense. As you saw, we were a play away, basically, against the Cincinnati Bengals from possibly winning that game with a backup quarterback. That's because our defense is that good. So there's a lot of good things coming. The draft is coming. Let's rebuild, retool, and have a, a big-time year next year. I do believe they're going to sign Lamar to a franchise tag, which will still give him more money that he's made in his rookie contract, which will free up some money to be able to splurge on a wide receiver and just go for it and see if we could do some damage, kind of like the Philadelphia Eagles did with A.J. Brown last year, knowing that Jalen Hurts is on a rookie contract. They went for it all. Their window to keep all these players is now, but they're realizing, hey, why not? The guy is that good, and right now we have him for basically a league minimum. So I hope the Ravens make some positive changes because the Roman offense was just very stagnant and boring, and teams just picked us apart, and Lamar needed to do and be Superman. So now that we have all the pieces in play, I think it's going to be a big, big year next year, which I already have money down on the Ravens to win the Super Bowl next year. Playing. Wow. Playing the 49ers. It's going to be a rematch of 2013. Wow. We did it. We did another show. I'm ending my 40s. I'll be back when I'm 50. Have a great week, guys. See you guys.